0: Hello, Hello, and, and welcome, welcome to Game Boys, Boys our, you know, okay, I'm going to do, it, our gay biologically podcast. Where we translate nerd culture. And let's be honest, we, we always, always have fun. fun. Happy Pride Demon Month.
1: Yeah, uh, it, that,
0: that really only comes <laughs> across in text. Oh, I guess. Happy Pride Demon. Pride Demon? No. I literally was alerted to before we started recording that if you... Ago capitalize the D-E and the M-O-N in Pride Month, that you get demon in the middle of it. Yes. Thanks, conservatives. <laughs> Anyways, happy Pride Month, everyone. I know it's probably been, you know, two weeks since it started, but this is what happens when we do By the League podcast, but we have to be just like our allies and rainbow this up, I guess. What more can we do? Have I not objectified enough men? You've only objectified furries at this point.
1: Ah, uh, I'll work hard.
0: Anyways, so we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> and I just realized because we didn't talk about our latest... Outing. Outing, yes. You can call date, it an date outing. Night, date night, date trip. What, what, is, what is this anymore? Anyways, we went to New York City, which, oh my god, New York City is a lot. It's a lot. It's fun, but it's, it's, it's a lot. I fun with an asterisk i feel like it just it feels very unclean at times and that was certainly <laughs> my my impression i don't know if that's just me or i th- there's a certain kind of person that loves that atmosphere i am not one of them yeah i mean
1: it it does just feel like philadelphia but bigger and more
0: it, yeah and but- don't get me wrong philly's bad yes, at times, but, you know, it has some small gems, and small gems in New York are Broadway, which we decided to go see two shows rather than the one we were going to go see, because my mother had gotten us tickets to Moulin Rouge with a hotel, and we'll get to the hotel. And I decided that, you know, since we're going to be in the Big Apple, why don't we see a night show as well as an afternoon show? So we went to go see Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Wait, does it count? No, no I, fucked I don't it think up. it counts. Yeah. Anyways, Wesley, what did you think about Moulin Rouge? First, I want to talk about this hotel. Oh my god, <laughs> why are we going to talk? Do you want to get through the good stuff before we get to the bad stuff? Or do you want to just jump right into the bad stuff? Oh, okay, we'll go through the, we'll go through the shows first. Yeah, Moulin Rouge, uh, the
1: stage performance doesn't do anything about its horrible plot about <laughs> awful men. No. But... Uh, You know, it was a lot of fun. The music was good. The production had as much energy as I could possibly expect humans to have
0: for two consecutive hours. To replicate the craziness of the movie, which it's very flashy and very whiplashy. It did a very good job. Yeah.
1: Didn't care for some of the changes, I guess. You know, uh, what was the song between the Duke and the showrunner? Oh, Like a virgin. Like a virgin, yes. I that that was my favorite part of the movie. And uh, there's there's not only is there not that, there's no suitable replacement for that. Yeah.
0: I mean, it does replace it kind of with Only Girl in the World and Material World. Only Girl in the World was excellent. Which that is still like my favorite go to song from that musical at this point. Yeah. And I think the musical has done a very good job of making the Duke much more sinister and threatening.
1: Yeah, like that that sort of you-want-the-villain-to-win instinct half-kicks in.
0: Half-kicks in. He's just so cool. Yeah, he's such a cool guy. And you know he looks like a scars guard, and I was about to ask like if he was a scars guard, but he's not. Yeah. Whereas the the movie, he's just kind of a dork. He's he's just kind of a little shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's like like weasels. The first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. And uh, you know nothing against the actor, but that's just like that's just what he was. <laughs> and granted, yes, he had power, but like this guy felt like he would fucking snap Christian's neck at any moment, and he rightfully should have. Oh, probably. Oh, Christian. Oh, Christian, what will we do with you? Because without you, it would be much better. I will say personally that I I had a lot for this musical to make up for me personally. Being such a huge Moulin Rouge fan, I decided to listen to the album before going to see the stage production, and I kind of sat back and went, what is this? Why, why are we trying to make just the songs slightly different? Why are we adding you know, TikTok mashups in here. This doesn't really feel that great. This doesn't make sense. And then, oh God, was I converted as soon as I saw this stage performance. It just made sense with seeing the actual performance. Everything fell into place. It was very weird.
1: Yeah, fair enough. No no argument there. Like, I had not obsessively listened to the soundtrack until then or not, but listening to the soundtrack the one or two times I did yeah it seemed fine, and seeing the show definitely gave it some more contact. I don't know i was I'm not likely to get emotional about these things though but yeah, Where I'm it was bawling
0: good. at every single fucking performance Aww. <laughs> listen, I literally like had an emotional thing I literally i don't yeah anyways, the only thing I will say is I do not believe Tango de Roxanne was done justice in this version. Correct. I I feel like giving Christian the whole song, basically, to sing, whereas the movie gave us at least the Argentinian, and I do not remember the actual name, but he just kept passing out uh, throughout the whole movie, and I think that he was just named the fainting Argentinian uh, the main part of that song, but he pretty much gets an upgraded version in backstage romance, which is also a fantastic number but in this version they kind of give christian just roxanne a a a solo song kind of and it doesn't work in my opinion but you know i think that's just because i hate the character
1: yeah yeah that's pretty much it just pro tip if you're writing a romance at no point should your male lead decide i'm gonna buy a gun and (laughs) shoot the woman i love like, just remove that scene from your story, and you're golden.
0: Yeah, you know, at least in the movie, Ewan would as Christian didn't buy a gun. Oh. <laughs> but they needed that gun to be on stage to, yeah. to raise attention. <laughs> that was a choice they made. <laughs> but anyways, overall, the... Beautiful scenery, like, they knew the audience they were playing to, because as soon as we walked in, there were two gorgeous-looking men holding each other with corsets. I was just like, oh, this is one of those, okay, yeah, fantastic.
1: The actors were wandering around on set, I think just before the show, not during
0: intermission as well, right? It it was before the show, and then eventually they made their way out during, like, intermission to be like, hey, we're starting up, get the fuck in your seats. Yep. Then, we had a little bit of a break as we went back to the hotel, and we'll get to the hotel. But then we went to go see Beetlejuice, the musical, the musical, the musical, with the one and only Alex Brightman, and, oh my god, my only, my only negative thing is I wish I was in the negging seat.
1: Duh. I'm not sure there is a negging seat. There's more not of a negging
0: an- se- section, Yes. yes. I thought about that too, but at the same time, you know, it's like I would love to be sitting in that area and him just pointing at me every five seconds and being like, "Oh, you, <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool." But I, I don't know. We've already kind of reviewed this on the podcast. I kind of regret reviewing it. Oh, just we reviewed the bootleg we saw. Yes. <laughs> oh no. And you know when you completely remove this from broadway for the music man and make it seem like just we're never going to get a chance to ever see this ever again you cannot blame me <laughs> no no not at all. however i'm very happy to say we pretty much saw at least everyone in that cast return except for lydia adam and lydia oh, adam had a yeah, yeah, yeah. adam had a understudy, understudy that, night. that night yeah and Oh my god, I can't even get names in my head, but Lizzie Kritzer, Azdelia, just, oh, so beautiful. Do you think she's deliberately
1: channeling Catherine O'Hara's Moira Rose?
0: I get a little bit of vibes of that, because I believe Catherine O'Hara actually has gone to see the musical when it first came out. Okay. If I remember correctly. I don't remember who will, if anyone else from the original cast has seen it. I don't know if Tim Burton has seen it or Winilla Ryder. Because she was doing like the, the yeah. same dialect and the same she odd was.
1: pronunciation of words, and it I found it distracting.
0: I it's great. I loved it so much, but that's how you relate to a more modern audience, is you have this new interpretation that works.
1: Fair enough. I mean it, it did fit this character as well. Yes. Yeah.
0: I don't know, is there anything that was different about this performance that stuck out to you other than just being there and being able to see this in person?
1: I think just being there does add quite a lot.
0: Absolutely.
1: Like the second act, too. You know, the bootleg we were seeing, it, it the camera dropped a lot more frequently, so I kind of missed what was going on on stage. Right.
0: Yeah. It, it was still hysterical and, and moving and, and great. <laughs> Don't think there's <laughs> anything much more I could say about it, but yes, if you get a chance to see it, absolutely see it. I feel like this is one of those that has replayability because it seems like there's just a lot of points where a lot of the actors just have fun and make jokes on the spot and improvise. Yeah. So you probably won't ever get to see the same show twice just because of that. It just feels very unique.
1: Also, this reminds me, we're hearing rumors of a Beetlejuice sequel starring Winona Ryder. I don't recall this one yeah I'll need to check it out because I feel like all they have is a title and Winona writers attached to it they don't have a script or maybe not even maybe not even a director I don't know if Tim Burton signed up for this again or not
0: I don't know either I just know Warner Bros is very happy with this musical and they're very happy with the buzz it's giving yeah i I don't I don't want to see Michael Keaton come back as him. I want to see Alex Brightman just take Aww. it. <laughs> Michael Keaton was great, though. He was great, but he was also in it for, like, a whole 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I have fallen in <laughs> love with Alex Brightman.
1: Has, just... he, has he done any film acting? Is Who? He? Alex, Alex Brightman? Brightman.
0: Yeah. Actually, I'm not 100% certain, yeah. but this would be, like, give us this, maybe? <laughs> yeah, sure, I'd be curious. Yeah, I mean, it's just... So well done. It has kind of been established as the Beetlejuice in my head, Mm. as the one. But yeah, that's what happens when you only have him as a very minor part in the original movie. (laughs) Yeah. With his name on the marquee.
1: Oh, it was a weird movie.
0: It's a weird movie that is at least done better by the musical in the sense that the third act isn't a fucking train wreck.
1: Yeah, no, the the third act... really brings it all home the first act just retreading the movie feels a little weirdly paced
0: i guess it's a little weird when you try to put it into a modern sense i guess but it's still uh, it's a it's interesting so do you want to talk about that hotel
1: yeah i don't actually remember how many floors were in it there was 70
0: or no sorry 46 Oh, only 46. We were on the 42nd. Okay,
1: so that would have only been six floors that could possibly crash down on us.
0: Yeah. So we were at the Ryu Broadway Hotel. Like, it was one of the, like, more famous, like, this is a Broadway hotel. And my mother, in all of her fucking glory, I don't know what she wants to call it, wisdom decided to put us up in the higher tiers. Because now I am noticing, as I got a notification for a work trip that is going to be taking place in a at least higher-rise hotel, that they do separate higher floors from regular floors when you book them. Oh. (laughs) So this hotel probably had that just because people are probably very uncomfortable with going beyond 20-plus floors. I sure was. I sure was too! Especially when you can see the H&M building parallel from opening the fucking window. Which, by the way, the entire wall was a window.
1: Oh yeah, it was floor-to-ceiling glass. I am clamming up just thinking about it.
0: Yeah, because you decided to walk right up to it and then decide to look straight down. I can't help it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I am terrified.
1: I, God, and I still, I have to look. Why? Why did you do know. that? There was a little bit of plaster on the sill outside the window, and all I could think about was, I just need to brush that off and wash it.
0: So this asshole decided to remind me right before we went to bed that night, don't forget, we're hundreds of feet above the ground. Good night. Yep. Falls asleep. <laughs> I am up for two hours. Oh, man yeah I could not stop thinking about it. <laughs> I had to think about multiple ways this building was gonna collapse about how this room was just gonna whoop just fall right out.
1: yeah and i I actually have a hotel collapsing in my
0: werewolf campaign, so I probably need to pick your brain about that. So yeah, that was our that was our outing. We look forward to doing more day trips to New York and not staying overnight yeah. It's not worth spending that much. But, would you like to get to our media reviews of the more recent era? Because we only got two of them. Yeah, because we're
1: stuck in fucking weekly releases on everything else at the moment.
0: But, we decided to finish up one of our weekly releases of Flight Attendant Season 2. Yeah. Which, Wesley, you and I have talked multiple times about how this got a second season and we were... On the fence about whether this is a thing that should happen or we shouldn't do this or if it's going to be worth it or are they going to ruin it by just adding more? Yeah, we have now seen it, and what do you think?
1: It's as good as it could be. Yeah, it, it parts of it couldn't come like okay, so it's excellent. It's it's awesome. Everything I loved about the first season's still here, just as good. And most of what I loved about the first season was just the actors, and they're they're phenomenal. Yep. Everybody's back. Even if they really didn't have a point this season.
0: That's very true. Sorry, I feel- Michelle Gomez. Uh, yeah, that was going to be my big negative with this season was, oh, we only got Michelle Gomez for one episode. Uh, She's already doing real good on Doom Patrol, I guess. <laughs> and she seems to be so far. She seems to be. She seems to be like a at least a permanent cast member from what I've seen her post on her socials. Oh, fantastic. But still... I like the direction they took with this show. Obviously, with her going through her trauma with her alcoholism, this continues on to the second season and kind of approaches it from a different therapeutic state. It has a it has a point to the season where like last season was dealing more with past trauma and this is dealing with recovering and accepting acceptance of yourself. So That was really nice to see. It was nice to kind of see that story be told. It was nice to see some of the new cast that they have introduced, which I don't want to spoil because it's just happy to go, Oh my God, Grandma.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I know just who you mean. And not a huge role there either. No, but yeah, every scene she's in, phenomenal.
0: We did lead this season off with me asking, are we getting another season I feel like we don't need another season. I feel like literally everything is being wrapped up. Yeah, there were at least
1: one or two threads that were left open. And I guess there's still one that could be a thing.
0: I know, but I'm like, "Mm, maybe just stop. Stop while you're ahead. Yeah, quit while you're ahead. Sounds good. This is a Greg Belanti production, which still confuses me. Yep. And yet it's
1: so good. I think it's because people that put their names on things tend not to actually be involved in creating them sometimes. Sometimes,
0: I guess, depending on whatever product you're looking at. Yeah. I mean, granted, the CW is probably very hands-on with any product they have. I know from at least all the shit that's been coming out from the DC stuff on that side that... Is not very healthy over there. Yeah, not really. But yeah. So I don't think this season
1: did many favors for its gays.
0: No, I don't think so It did either. them pretty
1: dirty, honestly.
0: I, I, I believe so, too. They either took a back seat or they just didn't do... It. Yeah, her gay brother is just kind of the worst. Her gay friend kind of gets thrown under the bus. Yeah, yeah. It, it's... It, if anything... It's aesthetically pleasing. Oh, it's and a gorgeous film. Or that's series, queer yeah. enough. <laughs> oh
1: god. Uh, yeah, lots of bisexual lighting for sure. Oh
0: yeah, bisexual
1: lighting. We love this. Yes.
0: But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I like the themes that this show explores. It's and I'm, heavy. It's very heavy at times, and it it, it kind of just comes for you when you least expect it to, and that's kind of amazing. So I'm just excited to see Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah, Kaylee. I have no
1: idea how you pronounce that. Yeah, we, I. I we've got it.
0: We got something. But I, I, I would love to see her in more things. My, you know, she was a Big Bang Theory was her jumping off point. Was that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Happy, her. happy to see her well beyond that and doing God, significantly yes. better. Yeah. Although, granted, after seeing Boys in the Band and seeing I cannot remember the name, but Sheldon. Yeah. In that he clearly has range, so maybe these other actors on that show do have actual range and they just had a very bad show.
1: Yeah, it's just sometimes you have to make lowest common denominator
0: crap for a while and then move on to do your passion projects. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a it's a conversation that needs to be had about, like, we don't need 20-plus long seasons and, like, serialized things that are for, like, Fox Entertainment or abc family anymore like it's not like we have to go through a whole year's worth of seasons and content to fill up a whole year's cycle just so that they can get their advertisement numbers like if you make quality content we will come to you i guess i'm still just waiting for direct tv to die yeah we'll see
1: we'll also see if disney plus and the like don't start adding ads
0: oh yeah that's uh that's coming up and that's gonna be real fun to look at Mm -hmm. speaking of streaming services and some quality content segue yeah would you like to talk about our very last minute addition to this episode and very happily digested stranger things yeah we binged the fuck out of this couldn't put it down it this happens every season is like we sit down and we see a trailer for, oh, there's a new season. And we were complaining about, you know, Hopper being back. And that's stupid.
1: Well, there is some complaints with <laughs> that. There's <are>
0: certainly complaints <laughs> with that. That story that I don't want to ruin. But there's a lot to there that didn't have to be told the way it... No. It could have, like, what are there? There's seven episodes here. Seven episodes here. And then there's two more in a part two that's happening in uh, two weeks (laughs) yeah so hopper
1: was in six of them and he probably only needed to be in three of them
0: yeah and it's hard to really pin down a time because these episodes vary from like an hour to feature length film length because these are very long episodes they're clearly going after whatever they need to tell a story and part of the story in yeah. those episodes. So, we'll see.
1: Maybe the final two episodes will will prove, like, Hopper makes a friend. And if that friend really comes through in a big way, maybe it'll prove that they needed to do it the way they did.
0: Yeah, that's the th- other thing, too, is we always, every time we come to this new season we always have like a new character that's introduced or even just right any new character introduced is like phenomenal mm-hmm. this new friend he makes not very interesting yeah, kind of subdued i don't hate him but i don't hate means, him but no he's
1: not you know when we have eddie the dungeon master <laughs> who's just bursting with energy oh every season.
0: and you still understand him when he's not bursting with energy and he's still just kind of like trying to grasp the whole situation of what's going on around him you get him yeah he's
1: a phenomenal actor and before we move too far away from that the the observation about hopper and his new friend this season i have to say it's a frustrating thing to talk about this now because it's half a season it's you know we're missing the ending to see how it all comes together which makes commenting on it really hard but anyways just needed to say that
0: I know. And I was honestly very skeptical to adding this to the episode because it's just like, oh, we need to watch two more episodes and we're done with the season. But I feel like it's just we're at a very good point where everyone that's watching this show currently is also just kind of waiting and holding place to see how this resolves. And I just really want to talk about it, especially <laughs> yeah. after... The mental hula hoops that episode four put me through.
1: Oh my goodness, yes, it's time <laughs> to talk about Kate Bush.
0: Oh, Jesus! I mean, we don't have to jump right into it, but yes, let's talk about Kate Bush. <laughs> so, this show has done something that I, I personally, like, always love to incorporate into narrative storytelling, is using music as a narrative storytelling device. And this one just really hit home, and oh my god, it has portrayed the most tense scene I have ever seen in my entire life. I was on the edge of my seat literally, mentally, physically, everything. (laughs) Same. I I honestly cannot
1: remember the last time I was so concerned for a fictional character's mortality. Like, I genuinely didn't know how this was going to shake out. And the song punctuating it also could have gone either way. Is is this building towards a moment of of hope or intense loss? Ugh.
0: It's up to you, the audience. Go watch it if you haven't.
1: <laughs> well, no, it does have an ending. It's not a choose your own adventure.
0: No, I mean, <laughs> yes. I'm just just saying that I'm not going to tell you what it ends as. Yeah. Yeah. You will find out. <laughs> it's just, fuck. It's, <laughs> Even going back and watching the scene again, I still get emotional. I choke <laughs> up, and I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> but yes, it's it's just man. It, it's from the framing to the music to the intensity. Because like one thing I love about this is they they honestly like did some audio mixing with it because they build up that synth percussion in the back much higher in the actual scene than the song itself. Hmm. Because like this, there is this like climatic thing and when you listen to the song by itself Kate Bush does this beautiful like it is very quiet and it does crescendo throughout the whole song so I think they even added more grandioseness to it because it's like holy fuck what's going on right now Yeah, (laughs) but yeah so if you haven't seen it I absolutely would recommend it just based off of episode 4 because that just seems to be the internet's like Converging point is, like, this scene has revolutionized what everyone has thought about the show. It has put brought back up Kate's Bush's running up that hill to number one on all the billboards, yep. charts, and everything. And you're half of that. I'm not half, but I'm certainly a part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have literally been listening to that song on repeat at the gym
0: and at home. For three days. I have been trying to listen to other music, and then I just go back to that song. Yep. It's just... It's very bad. <laughs> but that's just what I... What I'm like as a human being. But it's yeah. Just... Well, yeah. You, you do alternate between the original
1: version and the dramatic version, so...
0: Well, I mean... Some variety. So there's a dramatic version, and then I've actually played the scene ah. and listened to the audio of the scene at the gym. Okay, so. And it's even... More intense. It's just, (laughs) god damn it. So, three versions. All right. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to start after that because that's like the biggest thing I just really wanted to bring up was that scene. Yeah. How about the Satanic Panic themes? Oh, man. That makes me feel really uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, One thing I did not expect was them addressing the Satanic Panic. And actually leaning heavily into it because of the show's reputation of murdering kids.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every season is kind of more of the same. And there's always
0: a couple of innocent kids die pretty early on. But when D&D is, you know, being trended as this, like, satanic, worshipping, sacrificial, like, ritual thing... Uh, it gets very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I finally realized why it made me so uncomfortable is a lot of the people that are hunting down d d people makes it feel like a witch hunt for queer people almost. Huh. Well, kind of. Kind of, but not really. I, I That's just my read on it is just like, you know, they go around saying, we're just going to go talk to them. Starts beating them with a fucking bat.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, there is that aspect. I hadn't even considered that. But yeah, especially, I don't know, queer circles that I'm in do feel ownership of TRPGs these days. I, it, that's not true, of course, but it does feel intensely perpo- er, personal to us.
0: I, I think, and I'm not like stating this as a fact, it just, personally for me, and it could just be because of my audience and it could be the people that surround me, it just feels like... TTRBGs have been brought forward into the light because of queer people and Critical Role, sure. (laughs) But Um, I just, there's a lot of people that explore their sexuality through it. Yeah, absolutely. it's, It's been used as such a drive to kind of express yourself that way beyond the point of number crunching and the more, you know, heteronormative way of viewing these games. Yeah. Because yeah, I have been in D&D groups where they're like people that kind of sit down and go, "Oh, we're not making pop, pop culture references." Shut up. And it's just like, that's not fun. <laughs> so, what about other characters? We have <laughs> we have our big bad of the season, which is I don't even know if it's like worth even keeping a secret considering the fact that it's just plastered everywhere it feels like. Ah. <sighs> Maybe it's fine, I mean it
1: seems like a pretty minor thing to spoil about the character, honestly, giving, I guess I was kind of
0: well, I guess it was kind of I was kind of irritated I saw this beforehand, but yeah. I'll, I'll leave it in the dark yeah they do they do relate the BBEG to a BBEG in D and d that's quite significant and that that was has some weight to it and oh my God, this antagonist has probably been the best antagonist this show has ever put forward.
1: Yeah, it like it has a human face to it. Like, it's, it's a guy walking around with eyes that look at you. And, the, you know, faceless monsters are creepy in one way, but this is, like, just familiar enough to freak you out in a completely different way.
0: And the actor in that suit, I was actually listening to an interview from the actor that was in the suit... And he was talking about how it took seven hours to get into the prosthetics for that suit. Yeah, I'll believe that. And yep. how much he had to work to emote through that suit was kind of amazing.
1: Yeah, the I call it the Michael Myers head tilt because I believe <laughs> that character perfected it. And this BBEG definitely channels that energy perfectly.
0: He uh, He took a lot of inspiration from, I believe, Pinhead... Freddy Krueger, oh. a little bit of Terminator stuff like that. He actually had like a mood board, oh. <laughs> like he had like <laughs> a lot of fire on it. Apparently, was okay. like just. I, I kind of want to start making more mood boards <laughs> for like characters at this point. Yeah, people, people have said Freddy Krueger specifically
1: is a reference to this guy in in Stranger Things. I can kind of see it, but I don't feel like it's a, a slavish comparison. Like they, they definitely t- do their own thing with it. Yes, it's not like there. There's nobody struggling to stay awake. I think is is the main thing.
0: Yeah, it's that kind of conflict and what his abilities do is very unique and very interesting. Yeah, and. I'm so excited to see like how it goes forward because we're not done with it. because yeah. we left off at a very weird spot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I have no idea why. You know, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm happy they did it. Because like, like you said, we started it on Saturday and we finished it the next day. Yep. And it's just, like, one of those things that I'm, like, happy that we have these br- this break between hand Because I'm, like, we get to talk about it a little bit more. And we get to discuss things. Uh, we took a purposeful break between the, the second to last episode six and seven.
1: Where I figured out how it would end.
0: Basically, yeah. And <laughs> that's why I'm kind of, like, sitting back and going, do we have all the pieces to solve this? Is there is there something more that we're not seeing? Like, I'm happy to have this little like, break this hiatus, if you would, to, like, kind of anticipate, like, and theorize what kind of things are to come still.
1: Yeah, it's it's nice to think about it from that angle. I think the more uncharitable interpretation is just they want the weekly media buzz that other streaming platforms have.
0: I don't... Netflix would have changed their entire model leading up to this, but I guess Stranger Things is their first big hit that it would be something that would usher in that new kind of mentality. But if you think about it, it's kind of like Fear Street. Fear Street had three parts, and, you know, it's... Actually, all said and done, it would probably be about the same length and runtime.
1: As one season, you mean.
0: Yeah, as one season. I think Stranger Things is longer. These
1: episodes were very long this season. They were
0: very long, but, like, three feature-length movies might... I don't know, maybe... It's probably going to be longer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> Not by
1: much. Not by as much as you'd think.
0: Yeah, not by much, but still. I, I think that Netflix ha- likes this idea of splitting it into parts. We'll see how that works out. Going. Yeah. Any other little bits that you particularly want to talk about more? Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of the discussion is around episode 4 at this point. Because anything beyond that is like we can't really talk about it until... We get the last bits. One thing I can talk about, Steve has chest hair. Oh, my. And they actually show you the chest hair. They do.
1: They they hold it, though. It's obscured in shadows because they know they need to tease it first. And then they, they still haven't really showed it in all its glory, I wouldn't say. But you well, we got a
0: clearer shot of it. You got a clear shot of it. In a pretty tense scene. And, like, four different characters either comment on it or are clearly making eyes at it. So... <laughs> I don't know. It's... <laughs> it, it feels like the insert puberty joke here.
1: Oh, I guess. Me.
0: Because, yeah, as soon as, like, you see it, one of the kids are like, When did Steve get hairy? Yeah. Yeah. I was, it just was like,
1: oh my god. Oh! That's something we have to talk about. Because... It's weird that oh. that kid's not in any way hinted that he's gay, but another kid is.
0: So, um, another thing we definitely should talk about is <laughs> Will.
1: Will. <laughs> Fucking Will. Will, who has been shit on this entire series. He got kidnapped in season one, and then nobody would play d d with him. Then he got called a slur in season
0: three. And called... Like, by his best friend. I know! And is still being drugged through the mud in season four. It seems to get better. It seems to get better. Uh, But, so, the one thing I do want to bring up is... There are people asking this poor kid actor... Do you think that Will is gay? And, you know, he gives the answer... It's left up to everyone's interpretation. And, you know, I read that article before watching this show... And the fact that the first thing you see of Will is he's carrying a diorama of Alan Turing. Yeah. What? What? Yep.
1: It's not subtle.
0: It's not subtle! Uh. (laughs) Before we even see Will, Elle is talking about how Will isn't talking to any girls, and he's acting a little weird. Mm -hmm. How is this anything but gay? How? How?
1: And, uh, yeah, I I especially don't understand it because we do have another gay character in the show.
0: I mean, I, I can understand it to a degree. Like, the time period is not good for gay people. It's true. So, it is one of those things. Like, even our other gay character has to hide their sexuality. Even though they have a best friend that they're open up to it. And, my God, I guess we could be open about this character, considering the fact it's been two years. Yeah. But Maya Hawk's Robin is just a phenomenal character. And displaying a bit of um, autistic representation?
1: Yes. Yeah. I don't know if they've specifically confirmed that, but she basically lists her symptoms at one point.
0: Yeah. And it, I, I, at that point, I turned to you and went, I didn't realize this.
1: Yeah. And... You know, there's still room for
0: interpretation. I'm no expert on autism anyways. But, but you yeah, know, it's, but, it's just, I guess it's nice to see it. Do I like that it's bundled into the gay character? It's okay. But at the same time, you know, it just, I don't want them to kind of like put brownie points into the same character. I would rather yeah. have that diverse. But I mean, I've met enough uh, people in our community that are autistic that it feels like something that should be at least explored. Yeah. And,
1: intersectionality is a real thing. It is. But at the same time, yeah, you don't want, it's kind of related to tokenism. Like you don't want to just dump all of your wokeness into one character. So worst case people turn on one character and there's still the rest of the show that's, you know, heteronormative.
0: Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm absolutely happy with the direction of the show. Mm -hmm. Hopefully like I, I don't, I don't personally see a good story for Will with his sexuality Coming out of this?
1: Yeah, like, there's no there's no prospect, although Robin didn't have one either. Whoa. Well, now she does. Okay. Yeah, so they could come up with something.
0: But it, it, in the last two episodes, it would feel very rushed. It might look akin to, like, Disney's attempt in Beauty and the Beast, mm. where he, like turns around at prom, and he falls in the arms of a boy. <laughs> oh, God. It is it is a bit of a bittersweet story in that sense. Oh, what if the story
1: ends at in, like, modern day? I guess the kids would be in their 50s. Yeah. But it might be interesting to check in on them.
0: Maybe. I've always... I've considered that being the ending of it, and, you know, it it inherently just feels a bit sad. I don't know why. It just... I would like to see them end at the end of their childhood and not see them grow up because they have, these characters have been such a escapism for myself to kind of remember things about growing up. You were born in 1992. Yes. (laughs) Doesn't mean I didn't have similar adventures of riding around on my bikes with my friends. All right, fine. (laughs) Grant, Yes. We didn't do everything they did, but there is stuff that's relatable.
1: Okay, that's fine. The internet hadn't ruined children yet.
0: No, they hadn't ruined children yet. Only a few select of us knew how to even operate it for our parents. Yes. And when was I born? Eighty seven. Nope. Oh god! I nope. was gonna
1: say six again!
0: Oh boy. I I'm so bad with <laughs> years. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that just going to be a segment on the podcast? We're going to grill Matt for if he can't name your birth year. Uh,
1: I hope that doesn't need to be more than one segment. (laughs) I hope
0: so, too. But like every time I second guess myself, it's the wrong answer. (sighs) So, So, speaking of tabletops and queer people, let's talk about tabletop update. Wesley. So, much like Stranger Things, I am
1: having a hell of a time scheduling things. I did get one more session in where I kicked off my my sort of halfway point boss battle. The BBEG showed up right off the bat in episode two of my campaign, and now they've been hearing about it, staging other attacks off screen, and now they're finally fighting it again. Uh, They may or may not be able to defeat it. We had to stop at a halfway point after about two hours of combat. Uh, So, yeah, not a whole lot to say there, actually. Uh, This giant bull monster is attacking a hotel. It was airlifted in via helicopter. One of my players decided to try and down the helicopter, and it crashed into the hotel, murdering lots and lots of people. (laughs) They've, They've survived to this point. Some of them are on really thin ice. We'll see how things shake out,
0: and that's, that's about it for my campaign. You've at least scared some of your it seems like, which is definitely something you've been trying to do.
1: Yes, I have
0: put the fear of God in them a
1: little bit. You know, managing to down one of them is a big deal in Werewolf. Things in World of Darkness are fragile, especially players. A, a couple of good hits can kill anything. So, even werewolves, yeah, once they're downed, they get a little bit of, like, a second wind type of deal, but it doesn't heal that much. But yeah, it has been a complaint from me for a while that I didn't quite know how to convince myself that my players were in real danger, and I feel like I'm starting to get it. It requires pushing really hard on the stats, having just the right amount of adds in a boss fight, yeah. One thing I did want to run by you, I am more and more sold on how werewolf handles initiative, and it's really interesting. So you all roll initiative like you expect, and then the lowest initiative declares what they want to do first, and then so on up the initiative order. And then once you get to the highest initiative, that's how you carry out the action. So the fastest, most reactive person has a clue of what everyone else is going to do before they decide what they're going and once you've locked in your chain your dick de- once you lock in your declared to action there's very little
0: wiggle room to change it i think that's good i don't see it feasibly being something that you can handle with a certain number of players like think about if you had basically eight npc npcs in the same fight yep. you have to have eight actual actions queued up in your head, and you have to actually actively remember them. I personally am terrible with remembering things, especially in combat, so I have to, like, jot notes down really quick, and obviously, like, writing all eight actions down is something you could do. My hand's gonna get very tired eventually.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I am taking notes. I am typing them out on my keyboard, on my computer, and yeah.
0: But it works. It works, yeah, for you, especially with how your combat is? You have at least five five players in this fight, and I was
1: forgetting NPCs constantly—not my enemies, but other like ally NPCs who were just in the in the area.
0: Yeah, there's a there's always at least one NPC ally in my game that's always nearby, so it's kind of like hard. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. That's a interesting concept, especially when you have a person that is faster that knows how everyone else is going to function. I just also think that it might limit someone that did roll first, and then it's like, oh, well, they're doing the thing that I wanted to do, so now I can't do that.
1: Well, it's it's more shitty for the other person. The faster person goes, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to get to that first. Oh, I guess. Yeah, so there is some of that.
0: But then you have to rethink the this is getting complicated. Uh,
1: it's it's complicated, but I do like it. It's interesting. It creates. It adds flavor to combat that I haven't felt in other systems.
0: I think that's fair. I, I personally. Not for me. Okay.
1: That's <laughs> fair. So, what is for you? What's going on in your campaign?
0: Well, first, we had a news flash of a 9 11 times 100 in Las Vegas. Yes, which was the crossover from my campaign. And. I had you and one of your players sitting within your shot, And I had to yell about it to make sure that the player went, <laughs> Yikes.
1: Yep. At least it wasn't that player's
0: fault. No, at least it wasn't that player's fault, but we decided to have a Christmas episode because, you know, we just had the final fight. And then the last session of the first book is the next session. And I wanted to give them an opportunity to just RP and have fun And see NPCs that they might have gifts for and want to talk to one last time. And they'll get other opportunities in their one-on-ones. But I also just wanted to give them this... Not exactly downtime. It is downtime, though. But, like, you know. Just give them some time to relax and not have to go from one thing to another. Yeah. Because some of my sessions guilty guilty as charged they do tend to sometimes line up like that because i am very heavy on like just gunning with those action buttons and just as soon as we start hitting the major plots we keep rolling until we hit that lull i kind of think you have to sometimes you do sometimes you have to give yourself a little bit of a lull
1: yeah it's i mean if you're actually able to play every week but yes you know we You've been doing this for two years, I've been doing it for over a year, and we both barely have 25 sessions. Like, you gotta move.
0: I know, and it depends on your players, but I've also heard my players say, like, man, yeah, it's, we do a lot of stuff, and I really don't think, like, every session doesn't have to be the end of the world, basically. No. And I, like, I did take that to heart, and I'm just like, okay, well, I'll just start planning some Stuff that isn't as critical that might be optional, and you can go check that out. But now we're in the end game, so it's like, eh, this yeah. is your last lol. And the last part of the session was my favorite NPC basically coming to personally invite them to the Succubus Club as one Cassius Harker, who is basically my favorite NPC, who is just this magnificent bastard and such an asshole that came for the first time in their entire campaign to their own haven and personally invited them. One of my players got an ability that basically was a dominate ability that once they spoke it, they had to do it. And unfortunately for that player, they were of a certain clan that this Cassius said, oh, you fucking lowlife, you aren't ordering me, and decided to shoot her. Yep. And then... My favorite problem player, Celeste, decided to stab him because he was right next to her. And then he decided to pull out a trump card that I've had held for a very long time and say, Yeah, I know you've had your ghoul back that I kidnapped. I've also laid a bit of a secret code inside of her that as soon as she hears it, she's just going to commit suicide. Very slowly, very painfully. So do me a favor take the dagger out of my chest, and lick the wound closed. Because that's what vampires do. So I let my problem player sit there with her heart pounding as she had to lick Cassius's chest wound closed in front of everyone.
1: Humiliating.
0: Humiliating, and I was loving it. Ah, oh, so good. I also, like, this was the first time that that character... Finally showed his true side, and I scared so many people at that table. My favorite was friend of the show, Jesse, who was between me and the problem player, and there are images from that night of Jesse just reacting to that <laughs> scene. That is just gorgeous. Ah, didn't to see the look on people's faces. That's my favorite part! <laughs> it's... Uh, Oh, and on top of that, I was also able to give one of my players a gift in the form of their father's old research journal, which, as of today, they told me they have finished reading.
1: Wow. Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I was expecting like a couple months to go through the almost 200 pages worth of content that I written out, but no, They just piled right through it, and they were like, I have so many questions. I'm like, I will give you answers to the ones that are not spoilers.
1: (sighs) Yeah, yeah. Just a general note. If you're a player in a TRPG, and your DM goes to a lot of work to incorporate lore into written materials that he hands you, please read it. (laughs) It's it's both going to help you in-game... And And it really made my day.
0: (laughs) It really made my
1: day. (laughs) And it it sucks so much if you don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. She was like saying, I I am really grateful you did this for me. And I was like, I'm just happy you read it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I know that you're very busy and I didn't think you honestly would have the time at least within a couple months to read it. I thought this would be at least like a year before you finally fully died the whole thing,
1: and and she's making entries in it herself. She's right? she,
0: immediately as soon as she because I left her about like somewhere between like fifty to like seventy pages left in the journal to just write her own stuff, and literally in the same session, she was already writing her own entries. Aww. And I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> so yeah, that is that was my last session of vampire, and we are leading into the last session. Which will hopefully take place in our place with our brand new wormwood table. Oh, should we talk about that? I mean... It's great. It's oh, great.
1: It's a wormwood modular gaming. T- you can't get it. Yeah, you, you won't be able to get it unless you already kick-started it until sometime next year. They're, and they're lovely. we
0: can't get any more attachments until that time. So I'm very happy you decided to, you know, get that for my birthday for yeah. getting more attachments.
1: Yep. Very solidly made, fun to roll on, easy to to clean up.
0: Or store, if you want to keep under the table. Very lovely. With that, would you like to go into our news about every fucking announcement ever made?
1: It's E3 month, I guess. Is that still a thing? Who knows? But we're keeping with the tradition of everybody just doing their own digital online
0: showcase of stuff that's coming out. So we decided to... uh, curate a list of all the things that we personally thought were, Hey, this looks great. And we're not talking about Starfield because that was painful. I, I want
1: to <laughs> talk about Starfield though.
0: Okay. So, so you went and watched it. I did
1: go and watch it. Okay. And it's like, ah, it's so fucking frustrating. Cause there are these grand ideas being presented. So, somebody looks at the camera and asks, we need to ask the question, what's out there and it's this grandiose premise of like you know space exploring everything and seeing the infinite possibilities what's out there i don't know bad astronauts i guess <laughs> shoot them with the shotgun or whatever there's a crate take cover oh fuck
0: yeah that's what we got and you know it, it kind of was even worse when the first pl- the first gameplay we saw of this game was on the dullest looking fucking planet I've ever seen. The it's just black and white with some gray. Yeah. It just it, it was kind of just like Are you serious with this?
1: Yeah, and it. it- does suck because there were some really promising things in that fifteen minutes. There were some gorgeous city environments.
0: Yes, and but like I still like that was the first thing I saw, and I'm like,
1: yeah, oh,
0: I, this looks too big. It looks bloated. I, knowing it's Bethesda, it's probably broken.
1: Yeah. I- I guess people have been able to try out ship flying and it's completely broken.
0: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: which was another really promising aspect of it was, you know, the the gummy ship builder, <laughs> except it actually looks like a legit spaceship. Like, uh huh. Call it halfway to Kerbal Space Program. Right. Which but is still pretty far. Yeah. It's
0: just, it's. Mm. I'm just happy I'm just done with Bethesda personally. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that, uh, you've got these lofty goals and, and just the most bland shooter gameplay at, at its core, apparently. Nope.
0: And just visually just unappealing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it looked as gray as the first five minutes of Skyrim and it just, I don't know. Nah. Yeah. Like,
1: I I don't know. Skyrim, you're in a, Medieval fantasy setting—you expect it to be about going out and killing dragons, sure, and, shit, and that's fine.
0: In space, I don't expect to like find myself in like my backyard or something. Like, I, even my backyard's more colorful than in this place. Yeah, yeah. Like Jesus Christ! I, I just give give me space. Give me real space.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and we saw moments of it. I just don't know why they didn't highlight those moments. <sighs> Oh, well.
0: Anyways, that's all I need to say about Starfield. That's all I wanted to talk about Starfield. We could talk about Resident Evil. Wesley, yeah. talk about all the Resident Evil stuff they they told us about.
1: Yeah, this is pretty much me, because I did watch the, the Capcom show earlier tonight, where I thought they'd be expanding on stuff like Resident Evil. And they did, to an extent. You know, we've, we have it confirmed... Village, well, all the Resident Evil stuff is getting PS5 versions, free upgrades, because that's what we do. Village, DLC is announced. The little cliffhanger at the end of Village is actually just going to be a hook into DLC. We have no idea what 9 is going to be about. VR confirmed for the main game mercenary oh mercenaries Uh, mercenaries getting to play as lady domitresk in mercenaries and and pulling a fucking wardrobe out of your ass just to throw it at enemies her abilities look like such such amazing fan service i don't know if she steps on anyone that might have been a technical road too far for them to solve but otherwise lady
0: d better step on me (laughs) and we have our episode title (laughs) okay so i did watch the uh the Rose DLC trailer. And I did notice that the Duke makes an appearance. Yeah, and he seems, seems to be, be more of
1: a villain.
0: He seems to have basically and hold up uh, in Castle as a villain.
1: Now, well, nah, yes and no. None of what you see is real. She is in some... She's like talking with the virus inside her mind. And this is all going on inside her
0: head. Silent Hill.
1: Eh, maybe, kind of. I Not really. I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's... Everything you're seeing in the game isn't real, because they needed an excuse. Cause mold. Cause mold, yeah. They need an excuse to revisit all these places that have already been destroyed, basically. So, that's that. Resident Evil 4, almost nothing new shown on that yet. (laughs) I guess we're not going to see much for a while.
0: That's interesting, considering it's in March. It's... Less than a year out, but yeah. they've got other big releases.
1: Reverse is finally launching in October alongside this gold edition oh, shit. village.
0: I forgot that was supposed to be released. I thought it was out already. I,
1: I thought so too, because they just did like an open beta weekend. And I'm used to those things rolling straight into the the official release, but no.
0: Yeah, which is also very confusing with the Overwatch 2 shit, because I thought that was a beta, and apparently it's officially releasing with the early... It- not going to get into Overwatch 2. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways,
1: I am so confused why Capcom has restraint about the original Resident Evil remake. I don't know why they have a blind spot for that one. That they just started with 2 and rolled forward from there cuz you know, the excuse of there was already a good enough remake doesn't hold any water with 4. <laughs> it's it's frustrating. And not that I even want a remake of the original. It was great. I mean, the remake was great. The first remake was necessary. Four's remake is not necessary. Like another Last of Us, I know, but we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that one.
0: Oh. But yes. Let's let's switch into positive mode. Let's talk about sexy vampires, but not the big mommy ones. Yes. We'll talk about Redfall. Redfall. A city in Massachusetts. An island. Oh, an island. Because they have been cut off by the mainland by vampires who have blotted out the sun with the eclipse.
1: Somehow. Don't worry
0: about it. (laughs) It still looks daytime during the daytime, but don't worry, the sun's Eclipse. It's very weird. They're wearing Ray-Bans. It's fine. So, this game kind of caught my eye when it first was announced last year. It feels like it was less than a year ago, but it might have been a year ago. Hard to say. But this is kind of a Left for Dead successor that's not Back for Blood, and maybe might be a bit more fun, it looks, at least.
1: Yeah, like, it's, it's abandoning horror for camp horror, yes. I feel like. Yeah, like, your protagonists are all quipping. They seem to be having the time of their lives in this situation.
0: Well, it's, I wouldn't say the time of their lives, but, you know.
1: Yeah, they're having a lot more fun than the Left for Dead people.
0: I, I, this looks like the first game that I'm going to finally be able to say, Yo, fr- straight friends, fucking play with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really want to play this with people. And this looks like the game that it might not have enough positions to play with people. Possibly. You might have to play multiple games.
1: (laughs) So what I love about this over Left 4 Dead specifically, the gameplay seems to actually give you, like, chances to strategize. Yes. Left 4 Dead, you're like, it's just this constant horde coming at you, and it's just like, I'm reloading, cover me. That's about it. Whereas here, you actually have some abilities to work with.
0: And every teammate has their own specific abilities. Which I don't believe... Like, no one in the original Left 4 Dead had their own abilities. They had, like, weapons that they can spec properly. But, like, this one is, like, you have Lily the tech guy. This one's a bit known in the arcane. This is a sniper. This one is... I can't remember the one, but... One can lay down, like, jump pads, basically... Oh, right. No, that was, the, that was the mage person.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: But yeah, it, I it's super interesting. And, you know, I, I really want to see more arcane stuff that's not Dishonored.
1: Yeah, I'm not quite sure if this is like a campaign or if it is Left 4 Dead style matches. I hope it's Left 4 Dead style matches.
0: I hope so too. I know you can't play it single player, but they said, quote, it's not as interesting, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, looking forward to this. I very much ma'am am as well. High on Life, brought to the minds by Rick and Morty creators. Oh, oh okay. I could not remember what this was. It looks trippy as fuck. <laughs> it does. It looks really quirky and fun and funny. I'm not sure how much actual unique gameplay there is here. The only uniqueness is it seems that every gun has its own voice actor and character that is talking to you while you use it. Whether it be sexual innuendos or questionable reality-bending questions about how this works.
1: Yeah, and there's... Oh, fantastic characters, amazing voice work, the, mm-hmm. all the different personalities are, are just 10 out of 10 interesting. I bet there's something where, like, you find out one of the guns is your father all along, or something like that. It, it feels like this is setting up some sort of twist like that.
0: I mean, it clearly has the potential for that, but I, don't, I can't really tell, honestly.
1: Yeah, but, like, outside of that, it's it just seems to be a first-person shooter.
0: Mm, yeah. Which, so... Uh, we got enough of those, but I'll be happy to see at least something that has a bit of a unique twist to it.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm more likely to play this than Call of Duty.
0: The Pluck Squire. Plucky Squire. Plucky Squire. Wesley, this was something that very much interested you. I I think. it's It caught my eye, for
1: sure. It Mostly just the, the unique visuals. It kind of looked like, what was it, A Link Between Worlds? A bit, but it was taking place on a storybook.
0: Yeah, and then... From the storybook to other mediums that looked very fun and unique.
1: Yeah, like, you would jump out of the page, and then there'd be a little level on the, the top of the board, the table that your book was on. And then you could jump into, like, a coffee mug that had, like, a 2D, scene on it. 2D, yeah. It
0: was interesting.
1: it's fascinating technology to just animate on these 2D surfaces like that dynamically. Yeah, it looked really trippy. I don't know how fun it's gonna be, but it looks amazing.
0: The Last of Us.
1: <laughs> yeah, Last of Us is getting a remake.
0: On PS5. Doesn't doesn't need to happen.
1: Ah, God, this looks terrible.
0: Uh, I don't think it's terrible. I think it just looks different. I don't want to give Neil Druckmann another 60 bucks for this game, especially when they confirmed that their next game is going to be a multiplayer only game. And when they showed the concept art for it, it looked very much like a battle royale. I don't like any of this. Yeah, yeah. Literally, the only thing I liked was our first screenshot of Pedro Pascal as Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us. TV show.
1: Yeah, the TV show. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, had to clarify that for a second.
1: Yeah. You know, I've seen side by side, they look almost identical. I feel like the original had to employ some like particle effects and fog to obscure things. Yeah. And I feel like that stylized it in yes. an interesting way. And now they've just removed that. And, and it
0: looks it, too real. <laughs>
1: yeah, it just looks like, oh, you nice nice cubes you're rendering in this video game what we're playing.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. I'm, like, not gonna get this by any means. If anything, like, I'm looking forward to playing Last of Us Part Two again at some point when they actually do DLC for it. Uh, yeah. Please do fucking DLC for it. <laughs> And last, but certainly not least, probably one of the big things that I'm super hyped about, Final Fantasy sixteen. It looks gorgeous. It looks really pretty.
1: Yeah. Basically, no notes. This looks solid and good, and I'm excited. Yeah. You know, as much as I am for Final Fantasy, which is a series that's very hit or miss for me, often within the same game.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. So, looking forward to this next summer. We also had some Netflix announcements as they had their geeked up week, whatever. I don't know what they call it anymore. Uh, I just noticed one day I was getting a bunch of trailer announcements and I was like, all right, here we go. So we got the announcement for Castlevania Nocturne, which is going to be starring one Richter Belmont.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This was a great trailer where we saw Richter from the back and he, turns and looks over his shoulder at the camera and holds up a metroid prime four logo <laughs> and that was it
0: i i don't even remember the release date i just know it's happening within the next year ish yep but i'm just happy to see this show back I'm i'll be excited to see like if we have warren Ells returning to write it because man i just love his writing <laughs> I hope so. Like,
1: that'd be great. I wouldn't mind some seeing what somebody else could do with it at this
0: point. Yeah, I mean, if we had someone that would be able to take it in a, a unique and good direction, I'd be happy to see that as well.
1: Now, there's an incredibly strong chance Alucard is going to be back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like maybe you want the same
1: writer just to have continuity there. I don't know.
0: He would probably be a, a advisor of some kind or even a yeah, producer. Yeah, yeah. We got an announcement for a Dragon Age anime, which looked like it existed.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not complaining.
0: No, I'm not either. Uh, I think this is unique, and it'll be nice to see a Bioware property go back into the anime fold, if you would.
1: Maybe seeing some stories in this world might be the thing that actually makes me like the games, I because I hate the games, but...
0: <laughs> they have Wolf in the title of the next game. He <laughs> needs to get interested somehow.
1: Ah, uh, maybe. This feels a little redundant with Vox Machina right there. It
0: does, especially because the animation style looks very similar.
1: And it's just not nearly as fun, which is fine. It's it's just going for a much different tone.
0: Yeah. So, we shall we'll see. see. Yeah. With anime also in our mind, we got a Cyberpunk 2077 anime announcement, which this looks phenomenal.
1: Uh, Yeah, I am so jazzed for this. I I just want more Cyberpunk everything in my life, both like CD Projekt Red Cyberpunk and just in general.
0: As someone that did not like Cyberpunk the game, I'm very excited for this (laughs) anime.
1: (laughs) Yes, it it needs a bit of a redemption arc for you.
0: Oh, it it needs to work very hard. (laughs) We had an announcement for the final season of Lock and Key. Hey, there's another show that's ending.
1: That's true. And before
0: the kids are in their 30s, unlike Stranger Things. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this has some fan favorites returning. I'm very excited. Yes. <laughs> Not going to say anything, just for spoiler sakes, but oh my god.
1: <laughs> you know who he means. Oh, we <laughs> all know who I mean.
0: And last... Soon,
1: too. August 5th.
0: Yeah, soon... Jesus, that is very soon. Holy shit. Yeah. Wait, no, that's the next thing. That's not that.
1: Oh, oh, you have it weirdly formatted. Sorry.
0: The next thing is Sandman. Oh,
1: yep. Nope, <laughs> that that's, comes that's, out on
0: August 5th. Totally on me. Yep. Someone has dyslexia. We should go get that checked out. Uh, yes, among other things. <laughs> we have the Sandman coming out. Neil Gaiman's comic, was it? I think it was a graphic maybe it novel? A, maybe it was
1: a graphic novel? I yeah, think it was a graphic novel. I think
0: it was a graphic novel.
1: Yeah.
0: I, it took place in a DC universe because we have a Constantine in this show, but... And maybe it was a novel. I don't know. I, 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 think, it's a, I think it's a graphic <laughs> novel. I'm pretty certain it's a graphic novel, because okay. I would have bought it as a book at this point if it wasn't. Uh, that's true. And that's all the announcements for Netflix, at least. And to top off this gay pride... Pride... Demon the show. We have confirmation of season two of One Beloved. Our flag means death. Thank God. And you know, it just felt fantastic for them to say this on June first.
1: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it was unthinkable that this couldn't get a season two. But I, it would have been so sad if it didn't. So nice to have the confirmation. Yeah,
0: I don't know. It felt like they wanted just. The points, the brownie points to do it on, Uh, but I, mm, you know, mm, (laughs) we'll see. We'll see. I, you know, I'm just very pessimistic against companies that are kind of like, hey, fellow gays, we got content for you. Kind of. Kind of. But you know, we'll see. I'm very, uh, this has probably been the best queer content I have ever indulged in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, like, for anything that isn't specifically, I don't know, like, it is, it's on a mainstream platform, so it doesn't feel right to stack it up against, like, gay movies at film film festivals and and so forth.
0: Yeah, like... But granted, there have been gay movies that I've wanted to see that I can't see because they haven't put it on any streaming, not service, but just, I can't buy it. Ugh. So... I'm looking at Luis Carrazo's film that I still oh. haven't been able to see. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like one of those things, like, come to South by Southwest, and I'm like, I don't live there. <laughs> <sighs> but with that, would you like to end this episode full of demons and step ummy mummies? Yes. Sounds good, because I am sweating. Literally in hell. Oh, <sighs> uh, yeah. It's yeah. those months that you're going to hear that daily reminder of us sweating our ass off. Yep. My name is Matt. And I'm Wes. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you very, very, very very soon. soon. Bye.